coming. It's a real struggle for some people, especially if they just got quote-unquote saved or born again or just gave their life to the Lord. What truth do you come back with? Like, what do you say if you're just starting to learn the Word, you know, and you're just growing up with it? It's difficult then. Then, man, you've got to rely pretty heavy on your Christian community, your Christian family. Rely pretty heavy on those, you know, hopefully that are older and wiser in the faith. And lean on them. That's why there's so much importance in knowing as far as what's going on in here and what he said. Praying back the truth and talking back the truth of what's in here changes circumstances and it transforms lives. Because it's not just a book with just words on it. We can't just read this like we would pick up some sort of novel and just like flip our way through it just doesn't work. It's the inspired word. Like he chose to communicate through us, through this book. He also does through his Holy Spirit in prayer and to our hearts. But he chose to actually write down some things in here and he chose these specific things for whatever reason to put in here. And there's truth in there. And he dictates the truth. Not my situation, not my circumstance, and not my feeling. It's tough stuff. If we don't know what the truth is in there. That's why there's such a need, man, to get that truth in there and just abide in that. That's why I'm thoroughly excited and so looking forward to continuing to studying the Word with you chapter by chapter, verse by verse. Just get this truth in there. I mean, you know, I can't be with you during the week. Other people can't be with you during the week to hold your hand and open the Bible and you know, read through it and actually spend legitimate time and get into this thing. But I know at least on Sunday, hey, we could do it together. It's good stuff. We'll go right through and just keep bringing the truth. We'll keep talking about the truth. And hopefully that will help us to be able to stand in the truth and in the light instead of in darkness. And then we start reading and seeing life through the truth lens instead of, many times, our feeling lens or our circumstance lens or whatever. Changes everything. Changes everything. So the Holy Spirit is already at work in us He just wants to make us aware of what needs to be done. This is how the change happens. If we're a Christian, we've accepted God into our hearts and into our lives, the Holy Spirit is there in us. It says that it's a deposit. It also says that the Holy Spirit is changing us into the image of Christ. He's doing that work. He's going to bring the changes. So what we're called to do is respond when the Holy Spirit says, hey, listen, you should not be doing that in your life. Like, that's out of place, and it's going to create some bad fruit. It's not good for this tree. And in that moment, we have a choice to respond. Okay, maybe I won't do that. Maybe I won't say that. Maybe I won't go there. Maybe I won't listen to that. Maybe I won't purchase this situation in that way. 
So the Holy Spirit is doing the work inside of us. He's going to make us aware of what He wants to do, and then it's up to us if we're actually going to go along with it. That's the way the changes happen. That's a healthy way for the changes to happen. Because here's the unhealthy way for changes to happen and take place. And if you're taking notes, you might want to write down these three. These are like the, this is like the trifecta for the enemy here. This is the trifecta he loves to use, and uh, in his toolbox he goes to these quite often. Ready? Here we go. Guilt, condemnation, and shame. Man, he loves those ones. Those are biggies. Guilt, condemnation, and shame. What are they? What's guilt? Guilt is, I am aware and I feel bad that I've made an offense that I've done a wrongdoing. That's guilt, right? I've done something wrong. I'm guilty. If I sped, right? I made an offense. You know, I broke the law by speeding. I'm guilty. I'm guilty. Condemnation. Condemnation is now the sentencing of that guilt. There's a very, very strong disapproval as far as whatever you're guilty about, and so now you're going to get a sentence for it. So now you've got to show up to court, pay a fine, go to jail, whatever. You get sentenced. The judge will give you one. Now shame is the ultimate part of the trifecta. You get to be defined by your guilt. Defined by it. And usually that involves heavy amounts of regret and self-hate. Man, if you're the enemy, those are three ones, man. You want to drive home. Let's pile some guilt on how they're not good enough and about how far they come up short and then throw some condemnation about them, about how you know, they're really not worth it and they actually really do deserve hell and they don't deserve other people to be there for them and they don't deserve uh, people to listen to them and for them um, you know, to be loved by an almighty God. And then you cover them with shame because, hey, they continue to repent for sins that they are struggling with so then you blanket them with that and you can see how he works with this stuff. Guilt, condemnation, and shame. What does the Bible say? The truth, the Bible says, in Romans, therefore there is now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. None. There's no sentence. The guilt of sin that we had, that was supposed to do us in forever, and then maybe probably do us in for this present life, is done, is over. Now it's true that conviction and repentance are part of the Christian life. Conviction is not the same thing as guilt. Conviction is certainly being aware of where we have missed the mark with God. And we have that awareness And like Isaiah says, the prophet, he says, oh man, I'm a man of unclean lips. Like, I am in some serious presence right now and I know who I am. And he confesses that right away and makes that known right away. Whereas guilt, by our flesh... It wants to keep us guilty, remind us of the guilt, and have us stay in that mode of being guilt. See, the point of conviction is to point us to repentance. We have a holy awareness that, yeah, we've wronged God, we've gone against Him, but I want to repent 
of that and change from that because that's not part of the truth. See, because when God looks at us, He sees Christ. And He sees the finished work that's been done on the cross. So, conviction, you could definitely see how the enemy tries to make that just be a heavy dose of guilt. And then if you can get successful with it, hopefully get us not to ever try and repent of anything. And certainly not confess it. So it is true that conviction, repentance, and even confession are part of the process that's got to happen for the Christian. But it's not a place that should be heavy, that should be super like burden that just keeps us there. The whole point is then to get us to the place where you say, God, thank you for doing that. Thank you for taking all that on the cross for me. Thank you that you knew I was going to do that. And thank you that I'm already forgiven for it. Thank you for making me aware of it so I don't try and live in it any longer. Like, that's the point. Being aware of it in light of what He has already done and how that's not a guarantee for what we're going to do later. Does that make sense? So that's transformation. Metamorphosis says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Because that's the goal of the gospel. The goal of the gospel is not like to show up to church and be a nice person and you know, try to be forgiving when you can and try and get some money when you can. And that's not the goal. The goal is to be a totally new person with wings and different colors metamorphosis, just change completely. Because the Bible says that the whole rest of the world would know what God is like by the way that we act. They say, oh, that's what a Christian is. That's what heaven is like. That's what God is like. Because they see it in us. Because the kingdom from heaven is now come and supposedly living in us and we don't live a life that reflects that, the rest of the world is like, ah, I don't get it. You go and you show up and you do these things, but I'm not seeing what's so different from you than from me. It's a change, right? It's a change, a total change. Because now the process has been set into place for the Christian to be the person that we were intended to be from the very beginning. Because when God sees us, He sees who we are in Christ, who He intended for us to be, not who we were in Adam. Because that's done. That's over. So we have this continuing restoration work that's happening through the work of the Holy Spirit that all happened through Jesus Christ making us and getting us to the place where God had us to begin with. And so he goes to the cross to pay that price, but he says, you know what? It's totally worth it for my son to die because I know who they are when sin is not around. I know who they are when I am in them. For him, he thinks it's worth it. I don't know if I could say that. It's pretty impactful. Pretty powerful. So transformation. So the idea is like we come here, we hear this stuff, we spend our time during the week, 
hopefully we're looking at ourselves and we're like, Lord, bring the change in me. Do the change in me. What do you want to do through me? What are you trying to work on me? I want to be a different person. I don't want to go back to that stuff anymore. Tell you what, this past Wednesday night was amazing. It wasn't planned. Past Wednesday night, prayer meeting night, the issue of smoking comes up. And um, I don't particularly spend a lot of time talking about what we should do and what we shouldn't do. We're just going to get there naturally through the Bible as we go. It's just going to happen because the Word addresses those. I know that if we preach and we talk about being in the truth and being in the light and we make the tree good, He'll deal with the fruit. It's just going to happen. So we come Wednesday night prayer meeting and the issue just the smoking just comes up. I just want to quit. I know that stuff shouldn't be there. It's just, I know it shouldn't have a place. God wants that thing just to be out of there. And they're right. So in the Bible it says that the Spirit of the Lord is there's freedom. Where truth is, there's freedom. Freedom means, in Greek, free. Like, it means free. Like nothing, you're not in bondage to anything. Physically, mentally, emotionally, anything. You are free. So you sing that song, the chains have been broken, right? You can actually sing that song. The chains have been broken. So we're talking about it. Just comes up, Wednesday night premium. It's like the first thing that came up. So we start talking about that stuff. And um, it eventually leads to some really good honesty, you know, from people as far as like, uh, you know, how they got into it and, you know, how they're in it now and how they know that it's something that just has to be out of their life. And what some pastors and what some people could do is they come in and say, yep, you know what, that's not a good behavior. That shouldn't be what a Bible-believing Christian does. And, you know, you need to get right with that. And he died on the cross for you and he's worth more than that. And da da Man, they can give it to you. You can get around people that do that and make you feel really bad. Ah, that ain't the way, though. That's condemnation. That's guilt. That's the way this world, that's the way that seems wise to a man. They might be true in what they're saying, but man, we've got to focus on making the tree good and living in the truth. So as far as addictions go, yeah, we shouldn't be locked into anything. No way, no how, not for God's people. But it doesn't mean you attack that first. What you do is you get in the light. And you get in the truth. You say, God, I thank you that you set me free. I thank you that your word has said where the Spirit of the Lord is there is freedom. I know you're working things out right now in my life. God, I thank you that I don't have to be in control with that any longer. And it's only a matter of time before you completely set me free. And you have plans in my life that have me completely free. Thank you, Lord, for the work that you're doing in my heart and in my life. That's the prayer. That's the truth that people pray back when they're just locked into stuff. You make the tree good. The fruit will come. That's it. And so we talked about, you know, Wednesday night prayer meeting. Hey, listen, before you light that one up, say a prayer like that. Do those truths back. You might feel kind of silly with it in your hand and you gotta... Thank you that you're setting me free. (laughs) Have the drink in your hand like, thank you that I'm about to be free, Lord. And You said I am, but I'm going to drink this now. And you you very well might drink that one and smoke that one. And you might do it for the next one too. 
But I guarantee you, if you were to do that seriously with your heart and you declare truth, you declare truth back in that moment, it's only a matter of time for that thing is done. I guarantee you. Take me up on that. And it's not because I said it, it's because he said it. We're called to live in the truth. Make the tree good. Make the tree good. And how's all this stuff happen? How's the transformation happen? It happens by the renewing of the mind, right? Renewing of the mind. And that's why we talk about getting that truth in there. Speaking that truth back to Him. Renewing is kind of a crazy word. It's like it was new. It was like brand new. And then you made it new again. Like you renewed the... So it was new. And then you just made it new. Like you bought a new car and then you made it new again somehow. Like it was brand new and you made it new. What? He's doing that with our mind. He's making it new and then he's continuing to renew that thing. Because it says the Christian has the mind of Christ. Thinks like God. Responds like God. Thinks like Jesus. Responds like Jesus. If it sounded Jesus, if it sounded silly in Jesus' mouth, or if it sounds silly in Jesus' mind, it sure should sound pretty silly in our mouth and in our minds. We're made in His image. He lives inside of us. So when we get to those places where we just come up with justifications and we just get into the place where we can make all of our reasons and we become self-centered and we become a victim and you know we give reasons about why we should do what we're going to do. I don't know if it's going to sound silly in Jesus' mouth and in Jesus' mind, it's probably going to be pretty silly for us and it should be. We're not called to respond that way. Man, we're called to be the Christians where it's like, man, somebody comes up and gives us a hard time, cuts us off, talks rude to us right away. We find out that they're gossiping about us or um, you know, so-and-so does whatever at work. We just respond in love. We just respond in love. And it's not even because like, we're making it up. It's because we've just been abiding and hanging out with the king and it's just the response. Man, I just love you. If you knew like, who you were and how you were acting, you wouldn't want to be like that. So I'm praying grace and mercy over your life. Like I can help you just stop being a jerk and that you need to be set free in the truth. I know that God loves you. And treat people differently. Tell me that ain't going to change people. Then be like, oh, that's a Christian. But how many of those do you know walk around? Most of them walk around like this. Well, don't do that. Don't say that. You know, it's like, maybe they, you, know, you shouldn't be walking around doing and saying those things, but that, that ain't how you do it. It's love. Like that's, that's the thing that transforms everything. And we're called to be so transformed by the love of Christ that has saved us that we transform the world. Supposedly supposed to happen. And don't be like, oh, I got so much work to do. No, no, no. Just get alone with the king. Get alone with him. Let him fill your heart with love. Let him give you the eye, open the eyes of my heart. Oh my God. I know it's an old song. It's kind of corny and stuff. But listen. That's heavy. God, open the eyes of my heart. Help me to see some things and see some people and see some situations as you see them. Because we can be so easily locked in to just our own thinking, our own vision, and our own feeling. It's too easy. We've been homeschooled in that. We're born into that. To break out of that is supernatural. 
Well, we'll close with this. This thought right here. And then we'll take communion. You guys with me? You with me? It's just straight talk, right? Like, this is the way this thing is working. We're called to be different people. Man, just the joy of the Lord is your strength. Like, you know, it's just rising up within you. It's just changing you. It's just changing you. You're just not the same that you were. You're not hanging with the same crowd. You're not going to the same places. You're not making the same decisions. You're not trying to hide the same stupid things. You're trying to live in the light. I showed this picture last week. It's on the next slide. We showed this picture last week, and we'll close with this picture as well. We got a picture of right, an orange with a straw. We talked about this last week. And I don't know how your week went. Um, mine started off well, but then we had our anniversary this past week, and uh, I don't know. It was pretty. Good. It was a pretty good week up until then. Um, <laughs> I wish I could lie to you, but honestly, that's it. Got really tough. Literally on that day, that morning, we just got into fighting about stupid stuff, and just let me put it this way: it was not your picture perfect nine-year anniversary, and. Uh, that takes a toll, you know what I mean? It just wears on it. It's not funny in the moment. It's like, it sucks in the moment. Um, but we, we did this picture last week, and we talked about, you know, when life hits you, so like those situations happen, or when people are rude to you. But you can just feel these thoughts trying to come in, guilt, condemnation, shame. You feel these things coming. That's the enemy poking. And we talked about this last week. That was the point of the picture. You get poked. You get poked. And we talked about how when you poke an orange, you get orange juice. You wouldn't get pineapple juice. That would be weird. Right? You wouldn't get cherry juice. You'd naturally get orange juice. Hopefully when we get poked, when we get poked, when I get poked, when those things just happen, you know, just the justifications and the worries and the doubts and the insecurities... All that stuff. We just start getting poked with that stuff. And, and you know, the, the shortcoming of the finances and just all the stresses and the worries. We start getting poked. Or when people just intentionally are being mean. They're just poking you. Hopefully, we're so filled with Jesus, it just splatters all over the room. That thing's filled with orange. Orange is like orange juice. Christians, they got Jesus. We come back not with revenge, not with a short answer. And we just come back like in love. We come back in prayer. We come back in grace. If it's the enemy trying to come at us with guilt, condemnation, and shame, we come back with truth. And we splatter Jesus Christ and His gospel and the good news and the cross all over Him. Splatter the whole place with Jesus. That's how we respond. Oh, you're right, I'm not worthy, you know, and I shouldn't have done that, you know. And, oh, man, yeah, yeah. And we get depressed, and we, like, isolate, and, and we got to wrestle with our thoughts, and then we can call up a Christian brother or sister, just pray for me, I'm just having a hard time, you know. It's not bad to ask for prayer, but I'm saying, like, don't get lost in that place, at least before you maybe ask for some prayer, hit it with a dose of the truth splatter some Jesus all over that situation. Because here's the fact, and we close with this final thought when we take communion, because here's, here's the risk that the enemy runs when he does this crap. 
He runs a risk when he starts to come at us with guilt, condemnation, and shame. He runs a risk. The risk that he runs is that we splatter the place with the good news and the gospel of Jesus Christ and he rouses us up so much that it just ruins everything he's trying to set into place. That's risky. And so many times, like, we don't even see it that way. It's just, we're just trying to survive. We're just trying to get through it. Just trying to make it. Just give a heavy dose of truth and come right through there. Make it not worth his while to come at us with that stuff. Not worth it. So let's just get into this thing and be filled with some Jesus juice, right? So next time we come along and we get poked, man, we just give it back. And we put things in the right place because we're focused on making the tree good, the fruit will follow. And you can count on other people in the world. Hey, man, you're a Christian and you know, I did this and that. And, that. and they can pick apart things, absolutely. They're always going to find stuff. No issues with that. But we know how we can respond and come back to people that bring up issues like that as well. We can come back and love and tell them, and tell them the truth and tell them what God is really doing and how we, you know, we're not perfect and that's not what a Christian means. But I guess the point of this morning was just to focus on those two ideas that the idea for us is transformation. That's the call of the Christian. It's not even a profession of faith. I believe in and fill in the blank. That's not even, It's transformation. To be eternally secure through Jesus Christ and to be submitted and to surrendered to the Holy Spirit that's working inside of me to be transformed into the person I was supposed to be into the first place. That's the point. And the only way that that happens is by the renewing of the mind. Understanding what we've been homeschooled in. Our flesh and the tactics of the enemies. The ways that seem right to a man to be unforgiving, to like have limitations, to use justifications. That's all the ways of the man. Can you imagine if Jesus chose to do that at any point in time while he was ministering and serving or on that cross? Can you imagine if he was just like, you know, this is it. I probably would have been super mad if I was hanging on that cross and everybody was just gone. That probably would have been, God, you know what? Done. We're done. This is it. This is the last straw. Seriously? I was with them. We had amazing three years together. They've seen things they've never seen before. This is just for them. Half of these people probably won't even come back. I'm doing this for people that probably won't ever believe in me. How are they worth it? What do we get out of this deal? Seriously, what are we getting out of this deal? Can you imagine if his thinking and his rationale is like that? It's ridiculous. Hopefully it gets to us to the place where, in our minds, it's ridiculous. I'm going to love my spouse no matter what. To selectively show love and be there. No, like, no. Keep a record of wrongs. I'm just going to love that. 
to not just deal with sin right away when God makes me aware of it? Oh, it's crazy. I want to deal with it now. I don't want to hang on to that any longer. I want to confess it now. I want to bring it out now. I want to get the light in there now. I want to work on the tree now. I don't want to put it off and procrastinate. I don't want to keep it in the dark any longer. Because I'm not living a life for me. I'm living a life for Him. I've been created for Him and His glory. The good news is is that we're just called to submit and surrender and He wants to do all the heavy work and all the heavy lifting. And the Holy Spirit is going to make us aware of things and that is my prayer that hopefully we would respond in obedience as quickly as possible to whatever He's leading us to do. Whatever it is. Whatever it is. So being transformed by the renewing of our minds. And then what does it say at the end? Pretty interesting. And I got a really good question this week. You know, someone was asking, how do I know if it's from God or if it's not of God? You know, that's a phenomenal question. That's the right question. In other words, how do I know what God's will is? You know, what does He want? What's what's the right path? Just tells us right there. We're able to discern that and know that when we're being transformed by the renewing of our mind. And the only way the renewing of our mind happens is by getting alone with Him and just communing with our King. Getting this Word in me. Getting His Word and prayer time in me. Just getting alone with Him. That's it. So what we're going to do is we're going to do communion together. And um, if, um, if you'd like to take communion, we've got the elements up here. We're going to uh, play that last song. We'll play that one softly. Um, I would use the time man, and just focus about His love and what He did for us on the cross and how much we mean to Him, how our sins were there. And listen, our sins were there. All of our sins were there. The ones we've done before, the ones we'll do today, and they're already taken care of. Done. It's over. Not just the things we do, but even the things that we think about and that we're going to ask for forgiveness of. It's already been forgiven and done. It's amazing. And then He's choosing to work through us. So we'll... um, I'll open the cover here. (laughs) We should have enough elements this time, so we should be good. So when you take them, um, hold on to them, and then we'll take... uh, We'll take all this together and I would just spend the time in, even if you don't know the, the song, that's fine. Just spend time in prayer and just, God, thank you. Just, just by thanking Him. Just spend the time just thanking Him for what He's doing. It's too easy to find all the stuff that's all screwed up. Just thank Him for what He's doing and where He promises to bring us and where we're promised to go and who we're promised to be. So um, if we can um, start the song back there and you can make your way up if you'd like to take communion and then um, hold on to it, we'll take it together.
God, we thank you, Lord, that we thank you for the massive amounts of love that Jesus Christ has for us. That if we ever have a doubt or a question about how you feel about us, Lord, may we not look to our circumstances. May we not look to our bank account balance. May we not look to see how our kids are turning out. May we not look to see, uh, based on our education, based on our approval from our bosses. Father, your supreme love for us was done at the cross. Right then and there, you told us how much you love us and how much you are all in for us and for transforming our lives and for bringing us into the people that you created us to be. And you felt that deal was more than worth it to sacrifice your own son. For our sakes, Lord. So we thank you for that, Father. And may we not uh, live a life that's contrary to that truth, Lord. It says, while they were eating, Jesus took bread, gave thanks and broke it. And gave it to his disciples saying, Take and eat, this is my body. So we take and we eat it. So then he took the cup, gave thanks, and offered it to them saying, Drink from it all of you. This is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. And if you could... Uh, Stand and we'll close in prayer. And you can break your cup if you want to. But hopefully this week, hopefully this week, we can put ourselves in a place where we abide in Him. And man, the lies just can't gain any traction. They're just lies. Oh, yeah, I don't know if He'll come through. I don't know if it's worth it to spend the time, you know, with Him. And um, you know, I don't know if God will be who He says He is. And I don't know if He's going to come through in this situation. Just all these lies, right, that can just flood our minds. Hopefully we can recognize them in lies and be like, Ah, He ain't going to bite my nose. He just wants to hang out with me. Right, there's lies. It has no value there. Hopefully we can do that. Hopefully we can do that. That's the goal. And then, man, when we get poked, because you're going to get poked, I hope you splatter the place with Jesus. Just give the gospel everywhere. Whatever little bits you know, whatever lot of bits you know, man, just just give it to Him. Be loving, but just splatter the place with Jesus. So, God, I just ask, Lord, that you bless us, that you keep us, that you make your face to shine upon us, that you give us peace. And, Father, I pray that we would be able... Um, to keep our priorities in the right place, Lord. And honestly, the highest priority, Lord, um, that would just set in motion the other places of our life um, is just by abiding in You. Communing with You. Being with You. Listening with You. Talking with You. Father, may we do that. May we lock ourselves away somewhere. May we commune with You in the car, Father. God, may we be intentional about getting your truth into our hearts and into our minds, Lord, so it can be renewed. So we can allow the Holy Spirit to do its work. Father, thank you for my brothers and sisters, Lord. 
give us uh, the courage that we need to respond to the Holy Spirit in the ways that we should, that we know we should respond. I thank you that you're doing the work in our lives, Lord, that you're transforming us. You're